Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here with me today, everyone, as we kick off another episode. I know it's been a few weeks, um, and I know, you know, I say that a lot. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it's just writing, waiting for the right moment to kind of have a talk, have a conversation, and, and instead of me just you know, making up things or trying to fill the space with dead air, um, definitely want to take time to talk about something with substance, with value, in my opinion. But that you're going to be the judge of that in most cases, if you're going to feel like listening to me is worth it, right? Um, so I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to continue to provide you another pod and um, see where the conversation takes us, right? Um, so let me start off by playing our somewhat of a theme for today. And hopefully you like this song. And uh, it's one of my, you know, favorite artists, uh, I guess, uh, you know, GNR, Guns N' Roses. But I per- personally like this song to start off with. So let me um, play it. I personally like this song. You know, I've listened to it time and time again over the years, right? And um, it's just a great song, you know? And um, I'm just thinking about, you know, what it means for this song, right? And thinking about the lyrics. And I guess the meaning of Sweet Child of Mine is, you know, it's a love song, right? And I guess in in the sense of what the song means, it's the love interest of Axl Rose, the song's writer and performer. Even more specifically, he wrote the song in reference to a woman, Erin Everly, who's been, he was briefly married years later, right? Well, you know, I, I guess you could mean that it can mean a lot of different things to to many of us who you know, uh, listen to the song, right? It could, you know, when I think of this song, I think of my daughter, right? Sweet child of mine, right? And, and just, a, just a great song in general, right? But anyways, let's get started, shall we? You know, I think about my daughter and I think about her growing up. And she's eight years old. And just watching her over the years and thinking about how my life has changed since then. For the better, for the most part. But there's been some challenges, some difficulties, hardships, raising a child, 
And although I wouldn't take it back for anything, I often contemplate, you know, what would life be like if I didn't have kids today or a child today or a wife? And, and I'm not saying that to say, oh, life would be better or anything like that. Because it, it wouldn't be. Just thinking that I would be alone, maybe. Or maybe I would have somebody. I don't know. I don't know the future. Right? And I just often think about that. And, and again, some sometimes people say, you shouldn't think about those things, Joseph. You know? You shouldn't. You know, things happen in your life that change. And, and, and you know, I believe that, that God's in control of everything that's happening in our life, right? Although many of you out there may not believe that. Many of you may believe that, hey, you know, I have complete control over my life. I make the choices. You know, but I believe God has choices. He makes choices for us, right? And I'm looking at one of these, some of these lyrics is she's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of childhood memories where everything was as fresh as a bright blue sky. Now and then when I see her face, she takes me away to that special place. And if I started to stare too long, I'll probably break down and cry. You know, although I can't remember, sadly, when I was eight years old. I remember parts of my childhood, but a lot of it I blocked out. And, and when I think about my childhood and I, I think about my daughter, I only wish that I am giving her a better childhood, more memories, happiness than I had back then. Sometimes we, we like to look back and look and glimpse back in our life and, and, and our childhood and take a look and see if, you know, if we could go back and look at ourselves at that age, at different ages, what would we see? Would we see happiness? Would we see joy? Would we see sadness? Would we see despair? And I think I would see despair. I think I would see unhappiness, sadness. I just felt like it was a very lonely time in my life, most of my childhood, although I had a sister, or I have a sister, I should say, excuse me. But at that childhood time in my life, I just felt like I was alone. It was me, mom, sister, and the devil, the grandfather who we live with. And I know that I was under his thumb, so to speak. Do this, do that. You're worthless. You're nothing. Throw in profanity. Throw in vulgarities in there. And that was my life. Is really about what I could do for that person. What we, I could do for him. Oh, I got to do my chores. I got to do this. I got to clean the house. I got to, you know, I always got to do something for, for him. His miniature little slave, right? And some of you may be way like, wait, you know, I mean, what's wrong with doing a little chores? What's wrong with that? You know, kids need to do that more. Builds responsibility, builds character, right? But it, it wasn't so much the chores that I mind. It was the way it was enthrusted upon me, forced upon me. With no, you know, dissent. I couldn't argue about it. I couldn't detest. I could not say no. It was, you better do it. Or else. I think about a time in my life, you know, when I think about, you know, eight years old, right? What year was that? That was, uh, 
1988. And I know I've talked about this many times. And I've even shared movies that were during that time in 1988. And, and I'm not here to regurgitate that, right? I'm not. I'm not here to do that, right? Because, uh, you know, at those times, you know, I think about what, what were those times like, right? What was going on in 1988, right? And I think about the history, right? I think about what were some of the historical events that were taking place during that time, right? I don't know. I'm looking here. Some of it, it doesn't even apply to us. But, you know, if you go online, you see what, what was pretty much happening during that time in history, right? Something pretty interesting, though. I don't know. Let's take a look in December. December of 1988. Nothing it looks like. <laughs> uh. Anyways. You know. Can't even remember Christmases. I can't even remember birthdays. You know? I do remember certain pieces of my childhood that were, I was very fond. You know, as a child, you know, things I played with, toys, right? And I guess one of my one of my favorite toys at that time in my life, right, um, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? And I think that was in 1990, right? And I was what was I? Ten years old? Yeah, ten years old at that time, right? And that was my favorite. I had all the toys. I had all the action figures. I had the movies. I watched it online. Uh, it's not online. I watched it on the tube. You know, it was a very fond time in my life. Right? And I remember mom in that time in my life, um, she got me a, a Ninja Turtle cake. Right? And we lived in Bell Gardens. This, you know, I think it was like a two-bedroom home at the time. I don't know if it, it was really an apartment. It was more like a home. And my mom at the time, I think she was, let me see how old she was. Um, thinking 19... I think she was like, like 31, in her 30s, right? Very young, right? Mom had me at around 20, 20 or 21. So she was probably around 30 or 31. And I always remember this time at that point in my life where, you know, it's when, I think when Sega first came out, um, the devil's brother died. I think his name was Ralph. He died as Alzheimer's um, or something. And I remember my mom was trying to date. And she met a nice gentleman. I never knew his name. He, um, he was a mailman. And I remember my, my grandfather disagreed with her dating anybody. And, you know, he, he smacked her in the face, right? Hard. It echoed, right? And I, I remember these times where we lived in at home. Me and my sister shared a bedroom. 
My mom had her own room. My grandfather, he slept in the living room. He had one of those pull-out type things, right? He worked for the city of Bell Garbage, right? He's a city worker. I went to Suva, Inter, Suva Intermediate. Go Bulldogs, right? And there were times where I, I remember things like smashing cans and um, I had a, a neighbor named Caesar. He's, I think he was uh, either Mexican or Salvadorian. His mom was like a seamstress. seamstress. His dad, I'm not sure what he was. Uh, and that was one of my friends. You know, he, I remember, I didn't really play every day with him. I also had my Game Boy. But I, I, I remember feeling alone. I remember feeling that I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't really have a lot, to, anybody to talk to. It was really just me, mom, and sister who used to just spend the most time together. So it was, it was very sheltered in a way, you know? And there were times in my life that I will always remember as deep embarrassments for me. Resentment in a way, right? I remember one time, I think I was about... I'm trying to think how old I was. I think I was probably around 12 years old. And I was... A chunky kid, right? I was, you know. And my grandfather forced me to walk around the house. And and in this way, I don't know what his logic was for it without my shirt on. And I was very self-conscious. Had man boobs, you know, boy boobs, whatever. My gut, my stomach. And I had these shorts on. These were like, um, they were like pajama shorts. They had underwear inseamed in them, and I just very thin. And I, 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 I remember this as an embarrassing time because I, I didn't feel comfortable with my body. I was a fat kid, constantly being ridiculed and being made fun of. And it, it, I always remember those times. I remember times where my grandfather got angry and yeah, my mom and, and, and this one time he threw a, a plate of spaghetti at the wall because he got angry. I remember the time when he was trying to teach me Spanish and he was getting, he got angry uh, because I wasn't saying it correctly and he's pounding his fists on the table in anger, right? And I was crying and upset. And a lot of the things I remember the things I try to prevent today. One of those days happened a few days ago where my daughter wasn't getting the best grades in, in her math. She was str she's struggling at times. I'm trying to help her. And she, it's hard for her to be criticized. She takes it personal, which I understand. And she starts to cry. And her cries get deeper and deeper and deeper of sadness. And she feels bad. And I, I lose patience. And then her mother gets angry too. Now we don't hit her or anything. We just, it hurts us like any parent to not see your child succeed at certain things. And I know kids are not going to succeed at everything. Kids are not. Every child's different. Every child has certain strengths, weaknesses, habits, characters. Just like all of us. It's just so scary that my daughter's very much like me in many ways. I, I'm, I'm not great at math. Math is not my subject. I struggle in math. And some of you may say, well, yeah, just study. You know, try harder, apply yourself. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
I guess I just never had an interest in math. It wasn't a subject that I felt, although I know how important it is, wasn't important to me. You know? It wasn't important to me. And I remember in high school getting C's in algebra and C's in math in general. I got better grades in other classes, you know, things like writing, other classes, because I like those subjects, right? I don't want to see my daughter go through those same struggles as I did. I think many times the reason why I struggle so much is because although mom was there in our life, she struggled herself. She didn't know how to help us at times. My sister was considered, or is considered, growing up, the gifted child, the intelligent one. The ones she was in GATE, G-A-T-E, the GATE program, which is for gifted kids. Which means she has a very high intelligence. I guess I was always a stupid one. Right? My intelligence, and even today I feel that way. Right? I feel unintelligent. I feel I lack in that, in certain ways that people see right through. Like I think of me as some idiot. I get it. It's hurtful to think about it for me anyways. You know. And it's hard to get over sometimes. That's a big part of my life, my depression. My anxiety about who I am over the years. Because I feel I just never cut it in life. I'm never good enough. And although people say, hey Joseph, you are good enough. You are intelligent. You are hardworking. I don't see it. It's affected my life. It's affected where I've gotten this far in my life, you know. And it hurts me because I I don't want to see my daughter go through that. I want her to reach her full potential. To do better and go well beyond where I went. And I know she loves me. She says it every single day. Words that I don't take for granted. I know my mom... Dad loved me. They didn't say it every day. I should have told my mom and dad every day. But you know, it's hard for me. I was too focused on my pain. What I was going through to say those words. To really think about them. And now that my mom's not here anymore obviously she passed I can't tell her those things anymore you know and we have to think about those times in our life where those people in our life whether it's a a mother a father a brother sister aunt uncle anybody when we don't show them or tell them how we feel about them we neglect them we um are not grateful for them being in our lives. We take them for granted. And then they're gone. And then it's too late. Right? Then it's too late. And we don't have to live like that. Every day I think about what I could be doing better. What I'm failing at. And yes, I think of myself as a failure at times. 
think of myself about to fail. I think of myself failing and and, and going to fail regardless. But the moment is going to come. That's how I think right now in my current job or anything in my life. Sometimes I think honestly, and not that I would ever do anything today. What what would have happened if I had succeeded February 7th, 2007? If my sister just didn't, wasn't there. If I had tightened the rope a little bit harder, put it a little bit higher, and done it a little bit earlier, would I be here today? Would I have survived? Would I have been in a coma or brain dead? Who knows? These are things I, I don't really like going talking about because they're very dark times in my life. And people think of them in a, uh, in a stigma type of way. And it, I fear my daughter having those feelings. I fear anybody, right, having those feelings. Because it's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling waiting to die. It's not a good feeling looking forward to death because you think people are better off without you, right? It, I, you know, things I think about, right? But I know God has a plan. God didn't want that to happen at that point in my life. Let me play my next song here. This one's in the theme of what I'm talking about now.
This one's called Don't Cry, you know? And although the song is not in relation to a child, right? Or children or family, you know, it's... The meaning has significance to me, but I mean, I know the meaning to the song is different to what how Axl Rose and GNR wrote it, right? Some of the lyrics is, talk to me softly. There's something in your eyes. Don't hang your head in sorrow and please don't cry. I know how you feel inside. I've, I've been there before. Something's changing inside you and you don't know why. And you don't, and don't you know. Don't you cry tonight. I still love you, baby. Don't you cry tonight. Don't you cry tonight. There's a, he- there's a heaven above, baby. And you don't you cry tonight. One of the reasons I like this song is because I like the, the music video. And it's, you know, it's, you know, one of the interesting is Slash and his girlfriend or whoever's in the car with him. You know, they're having some big argument and he's hitting the gas and, you know, in a fit of rage and just ups, uh, just throws out, goes off the cliff, you know, and kills him and car explodes, boom. And I don't know why I, I find interest in that song. I guess for each of us, songs have meaning in different ways, right? In this case, it's just don't cry, you know? With relationships, with kids, with, with, with anything, we, we don't want people to cry. We don't want tears. But, but it's a part of our life, right? To cry, to feel sadness, to feel sorrow. To release that sadness. Feels good in a way. Like a cleansing of some sort and once we're over that we somewhat have some clarity but not always I've had a lot of tears over my life especially in childhood Sadness of of disappointment of how people treated me. Family who is supposed to love us and not hurt us. But family is many times the ones that do hurt us the most. And it's painful. Certainly it's very painful at times. And... For, for many of you out there, you understand this. You know what it means to, to be hurt by mom, dad, sister, brothers, very close people in your life. And just the pain stings. It burns in your heart. It hurts. Sometimes it physically hurts. And it's a remembrance of those pains. Of living in fear. Where most of my childhood, I was living in fear. From the devil who lived with us. Well, we lived with them. Him, I should say. Living in the devil's house. Constantly in turmoil. Constantly fighting. Constantly in tears. Living in fear of what we, what we say is going to upset the devil. And make him upset. Is he going to throw something at us? Is he going to push me up against the wall and try to intimidate me like he's done like he did in the past even to my adulthood that's what life was like that's why I'm a failure that's why I never got past certain points in my life to reach the success where I feel I should be. To have the confident level that others have. And I, I get it, not everybody has confidence level, right? We all have different confidence levels, right? To deal with in our life. 
But there are all those certain areas that give us confidence, such as family. Those in our life who, who support us and tell us, you know, how important we are and how loved we are. And that we are important. And it's hard that deep down I know my mom and dad love me or love me, especially since my mom's not around anymore. And they did their best, especially my mom. But my mom was broken, in my opinion. She was broken before I was even born because somebody broke her spirit. Somebody put her down. Somebody made her feel like she was nothing from the beginning in her childhood. So although she loved me and my sister, she didn't always know how to show it in the way that, I don't know if I want to use the word normal person would show love and affection. She did her best. She kissed us and hugged us. Dad, on the other end, didn't really do that for us. He didn't hug us or kiss us, really. Maybe he kissed my, hugged my sister more, me. I, I, I never really felt a, a strong hug from him in the sense of love or compassion. And that's just him. I'm not saying he doesn't love me. I'm just saying he never really showed it. And a father's love, whether coming from father to son or son to daughter, is equally important. A mother's love also to son to daughter, some daughter to daughter to mother is equally important. And, you know, some would say, well, why are you living in the past, Joseph? You know, let it go. Move on. You have your own family now. Just don't do the same things they did to you. And I try not to. But as a husband, I'm a failure sometimes. I really truly believe my wife deserves better. My, my wife deserves a better husband than me. I, I'm not well sometimes. I struggle with my own insecurities. I struggle with, with me feeling like I'm not doing enough. I feel like a failure, like I could be doing more in my life. And I look around from a successful standpoint of those who are successful. Not just from a money standpoint, from a career standpoint, from a, a life point standpoint of what people have in their lives, whether it's a home, you know, whether it's financial security, things of that nature. I failed. I certainly try. It's a fight that I, I'm not going to give up on. But I failed them. And that's kind of where the thought of goes into like, although I love my wife and I love my daughter, would their lives have been better with somebody else? A better person? A better father? A better husband? You know? Or maybe I should have been just alone. To... to To be alone and, and not to affect another person or another family or, or, or bring negativity into somebody else's life. Again, I'm not saying I don't love my wife and daughter. I do. But I just feel they deserve better than me. And although I don't look to the day that I'm going to die, I can't help to think about if I was to die today, would they be better off? Yes, they would be sad. Yes, maybe they would be broken. But could they recover in a better way? Possibly. Could they get somebody else better in their life? Possibly. I doubt that would happen because 
I don't think my wife would go out and looking for anybody else. She would just be focused on my daughter. Just like my mom did. She focused on me and my sister. Never really ever getting into any form of relationship after my father. Which was sad because I wanted to see my mom happy and find somebody. Strangely enough, this is kind of a... When my mom was very, a lot younger... She knew Raymond Cruz. Raymond Cruz, if you don't know who he is, he's an actor now. He's been in lots of movies. He's been in a lot of TV shows. He was in Breaking Bad. He was Tuco, right? He's also been in Gremlins, um, uh, The Rock, a lot of movies. Shows like, uh, also some major shows like, um, what's the name of that show? I forget the name. That poli- It's a police show. Um, and he grew up, I believe, in Los Angeles. He was actually a part of my grandmother's and grandfather's, um, I believe, their uh, troop, their um, Boy Scout troop or Eagle Scouts or something, right? And my mom knew him or they met at some point, right? And, you know, he's 60 or 60 year old, right? The guy still looks young, you know. Cruz was born in Los Angeles and attended East Los Angeles College of Mexican descent. He grew up in East Los Angeles, a neighborhood that regularly saw gang activity and has relatives in such street gangs as Maravilla and Barrio Southgate. See? And Southgate, Huntington Park is where my grandfather and my father's family home was before, you know, no longer they sold it. But, um, but he grew up there, right? You know, so, you know, he took roles in Clear and Prince of Danger, Out for Justice, The Substitute, you know, he's in The Rock. You know, he, he's in a lot of things. Um, Training Day, he was in that movie. He's in Collateral Damage. See, he was in tons of movies. Better Call Sal, Nip Tuck. You know, tons of films and, and shows, right? He was in the name of that show the closer right he was in the closer you know and still today he's still oh he was in mayans he's also in the pilot right right so he he was in a lot what's he in now just out of curiosity he's something called blue miracle wander the curse of la 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 pronouncing that wrong sorry so he's in a ton hasn't been as many movies he's mostly been in a lot of shows oh he was in uh, interesting he's in a show called uh, Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman. I remember that. That was a great, I love that show. But he's been a lot, right? Freddy's Nightmares? Oh. That too? Awesome, man. He's been in tons. And, you know, just not to get off topic, but, you know, just, just here was a, a gentleman that, that had feelings for my mom. But my mom chose my dad. <laughs> I think about what I, where I could be today if I had a, a stepfather or a father like Raymond Cruz, right? I'd probably be in the movies myself, <laughs> you know? I'd probably be going to the best colleges and, you know, it'd be awesome, you know? And um, I remember meeting him one time. He came to my grandmother's house. We were young children. Um... And he was going to be, I think he was in um, 
clear and present danger with um, Harrison Ford, right? Or Patriot Games, one of those movies. He was in one of those. Um, and, you know, he talked about he was going to be in the film and everything. And, he, and, you know, this was a long time ago. And he just came for a visit. And, uh, and he left. And uh, I don't know where my grandparents were at the time. I don't think they were home or something. But my dad was there, right? And I think he gave us an autograph and everything. So it it was interesting. Yeah. But, you know, you think about people and you, you think about people who where they started out with where they're at in their career and they appear successful right they've made it so to speak and in my opinion I've, I've never really made it quite honestly which is pretty sad even today I don't feel I really made it Let's go play my last song here. This one's a little bit of a different pace, but I think you'll like it as well. Now this song, apparently what it's about, okay, and this is not what I chose it for, but a very macabre song about the stalker who torments women in the red light district. No More Tears was written by Ozzy Osbourne, right? And uh, just thinking about kind of where these songs originated from, you know, and apparently this song was written when Ozzy was sober, you know, the family man, and and you know i mean i am not gonna take away his talent of who he is right i'm not a hardcore aussie fan or anything but i do like some of his songs and some of you out there will you know have listened to them along with me you know i do like metal i do like classic rock right because a lot of those songs that i listen to have some form of meaning behind them not saying that a lot of songs don't today but many i feel just don't you know, I just feel a lot of songs have a lot of vulgarities in them. Language. And some of you are like, whoa, what's wrong with language? What's wrong with, you know, talking about, you know, sex or, or other subjects like that? And I'm like, it's just, and I get it. In, in many songs, there are sexual references, right? You know, I'll use a comparison. Like, although I've never heard this song, it's like, you know, Cardi B and WAP, right? Although I would never listen to that song, because I never have and I never will, right? 
although I'm sure it's a bestseller to many out there, sold millions of records, or I should say downloads, or whatever you want to call it, right? But, you know, no more tears, right? Thinking about when do the tears stop? Will they stop for some of us? Because sometimes they don't. Sometimes tears go on every day. We cry about those things in our life. We cry about our relationships. We cry about the, the state of our life. We cry about our jobs. We cry about where we feel we should be in our life. And as somebody who is supposed to be a faith, sometimes I have a hard time. I know God is there. I know He's watching over me. I know He is trying to make my life better. And He's in full control of that. But we as people just screw it up sometimes, don't we? Many times we do. Right? And, we, and, and then we blame God. When we should really be blaming ourselves. Because we're, we're the culprit uh, uh, of many of those mistakes in our life. taking a deep breath, you know, trying to let everything sink in from our lives. Having a good cry. Although tears are not a bad thing, like I said. Today's discussion I know was kind of a little strange today, right? It was, I was kind of taking you on a, a, a little trip through my childhood of all the tears that I probably have went through. And I went through a lot of tears, even to my adulthood. Even into times when now that I'm married and I have a family where I cry about their well-being, I cry about their happiness. I cry that they're doing well. I cry because I want them to be successful and have peace in their lives and have comfort. But anyways... Today, just remembering no more tears, taking this time to have this conversation with all of you out there. But let me, um, let me do something I haven't done in a while, and let me just, just read today's devotional. Now, you, many of you are more than welcome to listen, and I hope you do. But let's say today's devotional, September, uh, what is this? September eighteenth, right? So when this corruptible has put on corruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory 1st Corinthians 15:54 in the modern era cartoonists have pictured saints in heaven like members of a healthy choir wearing floor-length white robes unlike Earthly core members, the heavenly ones also have halos and angel wings, and some carry harps. From what source did this notion spring? Certainly not the Bible. Rather than in embracing the speculations of artists, especially artists in the Middle Ages, we should look at the Bible. The Bible makes no mention of us appearing like angels, but we know this. Our mortal, perishable earthly bodies will become immortal, imperishable bodies in the new earth. When the resurrected Jesus appeared to the disciples, he showed them his hands and feet. He retained his earthly form. Likewise, when the two disciples on Damascus Road encountered the resurrected Jesus, he appeared as another man to them, a fellow traveler, until their eyes of understanding saw that it was indeed the risen Savior. So get ready for the new glorified body, resurrected and restored to an immortal body by God himself. Right? You know, and that's my contribution, although 
I want to contribute more into the life of what the Bible means to me. I've considered even having very short, maybe devotionals and going to the Bible for a year on here on my podcast. I don't know if people would listen. I'm sure they would. Giving my interpretation, giving my thoughts to what I understand those scriptures to mean to me because they are important. I am human. I struggle. You know, I fail. And I try to work at it each day in a way to remember that I'm going to fail. We all are to a certain degree. But it really is matters of how we get up and, 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 and really push ourselves once again to keep moving forward. Thank you, everyone, for for joining me again on this, you know, this Saturday evening on Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm such an honor to have all of you here with me, you know, Um, always, always, you know, and I love some of these sound effects in here, you know, so just for a sound effect, we got through another episode. And some of these I see are quite interesting. Um, uh, We have some horror here. Let let me see what this one is. Creepy laugh. (laughs) It's funny. Uh, Cheering. Right. And then if we want to put some sounds just like in the... What's comedy? Correct. Drum roll, please. Beep. All right, count ten. Ten, nine, eight. I like that, that's cute. (laughs) All right, I'm having a little too much fun with these sound effects here, so. Um, Thank you so much for joining me once again on this episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Hopefully you got something out of this talk other than hearing me ramble for almost an hour now. But let's play our theme at the end here and just enjoy this song. And thank you for being here and looking forward to another episode. And God bless. Be safe. Wear a mask in these tumultuous times of COVID. Protect yourself and protect your family. Thank you everyone for being with me once again. Take care. 
And until next time, this is Just Talk with Joe Meyer.